Assalamu alaikum everyone. So this episode, we are gonna tussle. We're gonna talk. So I'm assuming you clicked this because you struggle with listening to music. And even though you probably heard the typical advice of delete the playlist and this and that, and it's just not getting to you. So this EP, we're gonna go a little bit more in depth. You guys have hounded me down to film an episode about this. And I've talked about this in like little series which was becoming a better Muslim. Like I talked about it in that, but I think I'm gonna dedicate this entire episode on how to stop listening to music and just all about that. I pray that Allah helps me convey my message correctly because this is a very big topic and this does have lots of ins and outs. And you know, we're, we are gonna be talking about certain interpretations and whatnot. So may Allah lift up my heart and ease this task for me. I mean, so inshallah, I hope I can help you. And if I commit any mistake in this, may Allah forgive me. And if any good comes out of it, May Allah reward us all. I mean, So we need to start off with actually establishing the proof of how music is haram. And what I'm about to share with you is just going to be a little bit onto the surface of that. So the biggest reason why I feel like lots of people struggle to not listen to music is because what they've always heard is music is haram. But you've never gotten into the depths of, you know, what the interpretations say, what people are saying about it, and just that depth of it, I feel like that is something that needs to be talked about. Because yes, music is haram, and that alone should be enough for us to stop. Because once Allah says something, we follow. But sometimes hearing more about it helps. So, where exactly do we find that music is haram? So, in 31.6 of the Quran, it says, And of mankind, it's he who purchased idle talk, i.e. music and singing, to mislead men from the path of Allah. Now, the next place where people go is, well, how can we like no know it's music and singing though? Because isn't that just a handful of people who say that? No. Ibn Abbas, Meli Pazudem, said this means singing in regards to the ayah above that I just read to you. Mujahid, may Allah have mercy on him, says this means playing the drum. In Tafsir al-Tabari in 2140. Al-Hasan al-Basari, may Allah have mercy on him, said that this ayah was revealed concerning singing and musical instruments, which was the woodwind instruments. And this was in Tafsir Ibn Kathir in 3451. Now, if you know anything about Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, it's amazing. It's really, really reliable. But let's keep going. Al-Sadi, may Allah have mercy on him, said, This includes all manners of haram speech, all idle talk, falsehood, nonsense that encourages kufr and disobedience, the words of those who say things to refute the truth and argue in support of falsehood to defeat the truth, backbiting, slanders, lies, insults, curses, singing, musical instruments of the shaitan, musical instruments which are no spiritual or worldly benefit. And this is in Tafsir al-Sadi 6, 150. But I'm not through with you yet. Ibn al-Qayyam, may Allah have mercy on him, said, Interpretation of the Sahaba and what we just, you know, all these things that we just talked about, that idle talk refers to singing is sufficient. This was reported with Sahih Isnad from Ibn Abbas and Ibn Masud. So there's surely no contradiction that by idle talk, we're talking singing. It's also mentioned that this includes stuff like the Persians and their kings and the kings of Rome and just so, 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 so on. Because unfortunately, there used to be stories where people used to say this stuff in Makkah to distract people from the Quran. Now you might be sitting here like, okay, she just threw a bunch of stuff on us. It's overwhelming, but let me just say in a little bit more of an easier way. Sahih Buhari 5590, if you don't believe me, go search it up yourself. 
The Prophet peace be upon him saying, From among my followers will be some who will consider illegal sexual intercourse, the wearing of silk, the drinking of alcoholic drinks, and the use of musical instruments as lawful. And there will be some people who will stay near the side of a mountain, and in the evening their shepherd will come to them with their sheep and ask them for something, but they will say to him, Return to us tomorrow. Allah will destroy them during the night and will let the mountain fall on them, and he will transform the rest of them into monkeys and pigs, and they will remain so till the day of resurrection. This alone says it. From among my followers will be some who will consider, it lists out some stuff, and the use of musical instrument as lawful. It, it says it right there. We all know illegal sexual intercourse, unlawful. Drinking of alcoholic drinks, unlawful. And if me and you are talking in the same zone, if you consider those things unlawful, continue to read the hadith. It says musical instrument. It's, it's like it's, you can't pick and choose. So now let's talk about change for a second and how you can get yourself to the right place. Because we've established that it's clearly haram and prohibited. There's no boundary, no area, no inch, no square for you to sit here and try to justify it. So now that you have come to that term, because unfortunately, I've been in lots of situations where people have tried to fight with me saying, no, 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 it is, it is, it is, it is. But I mean, look, I feel like even if you have doubts in your mind, I want to ask you something. Wouldn't you much rather be safe than be sorry? Would you not much rather, you know, skip out on listening to music here and be rewarded for controlling your temptations and be rewarded for not doing it in the Ahirat? On the Quranic website, they posted this excerpt that says, If we look at the reason that the Quran tells us for why we came to this earth, it was a process of change. Shaitan was unable to change his view. Iblis was unable to change his mindset. He was unable to seek forgiveness and learn from his mistake. He was unable to be better. He was unable to let go of his ego and his arrogance. And so he became Ar-Rajim, the cursed one. If we look at Adam or Hawa, they changed, they sought forgiveness. They learned from their mistake and that's what brings us here to earth. The process of change. Now, of course, there's a lot of other things and, you know, that goes into this discussion. But just for this little excerpt where they talked about change, I feel like it was really important to include. So now let's get practical and let's get real with each other. How can you actually stop listening to music? Because I've shared with you how it's prohibited. We've talked about it. I've shared with you a little excerpt on change. So how exactly are you going to stop? So we know that Islamically, listening to music is prohibited. But psychologically, there's lots of studies done that say that music's not actually good for you. On the same end, you will also see people say that music is good for you, music does do this for you, music does do that for you. But on the same end, if you do your research, there's lots of research that says the music isn't necessarily good for you. If you don't believe me, I want you to go on my Instagram, click classes on the highlight. I had a whole three-week course that I did on how music you know, affects so many different things. We talk about music in Islam, like the prohibition and then what it says in the hadith and the tafsir. And then I did a whole PowerPoint on psychology and music. So go and check that out. It's literally right there on the internet for you to go read. It's, you don't have to do anything to get it. It's literally in my highlights. I had like 70 plus people who joined and they did that for that month and it helped lots of people. So just take the time out to read that. I highly encourage you to read it, what it does to you psychologically. But if you don't trust my judgment, go ahead, pull out your little laptop, do some research right now on what it does to your brain. But to talk about some tips on change, because that is what I'm dedicating this episode to, the change, the practical tips, because we all hear what it does to you and whatnot. But then at the end of the day, lots of people fall back into that same habit. The first thing that I'm going to tell you, and you are not, listen to me right now, promise me that you're not going to cancel out this episode and try to skip over this segment or just stop listening to this episode as a whole. Okay, promise, promise, good. 
You are not going to roll your eyes. You are not going to catch an attitude with me. You are not going to be like, oh, Hera, I hate hearing that. You're going to listen to me because we have a lot to say on this. You have got to delete your playlist. Every single time I say it, I feel like I could just hear someone in some part of the world right now taking a big sigh, being like, oh, I hate this. Listen to me. I've talked about this before on a live on Instagram. You are battling an addiction. To stop an addiction, you take away the thing that you're addicted to. If you are addicted to smoking weed, the first step is to stop smoking weed. Stop buying it. Stop purchasing it. Tell your plug goodbye. You're done. Whatever you have, you get rid of it. You're trying to stop vaping. You throw away all of that. You don't keep it hidden under your bed and say, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna smoke again, but I'm just gonna keep this under my bed just in case. What is the just in case? Why do you need it? Answer me. Give me a logical answer. I don't want to hear no, I spent, you know, five years collecting this music playlist. No, I don't want to hear that. Because what is this just in case? Define it, elaborate it, teach me about this just in case. You don't keep weed under your you know, if you're, if you're struggling with smoking weed and whatnot, you don't keep that under your mattress. And you're like, just in case for one day, like you never, you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Your playlist is the exact same thing. And if you are listening to this episode to sit here and huff and puff and roll your eyes and get upset and skip and, you know, all this and that, I promise you this episode is not for you. Because if you're actually willing to make a change, you need to follow these steps. These steps have worked on majority of people. I can assure you it works. But you have to be willingful and have enough discipline to want it as bad enough and to do it. There is no point of you keeping your playlist. People say, yeah, I'm done listening to music. Yeah, I, I logged out of the app or I don't, I don't click my music app anymore. Okay, uninstall it. Delete the playlist. Remove the playlist. Unsubscribe. Cancel subscription. Ain't no need to pay $9.99 a month for some music. Unsubscribe. Delete it. Cancel it. I don't know. Get rid of it. For good, not for temporary, not I shut off the notifications of the app and I, I swiped away the notification bar. No, get rid of it. Not just on your phone, but on your computer and on your laptop and on your whatever. Get rid of it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Get rid of it everywhere everywhere because what some people do is they get rid of it off their phones and then when they get on their laptop they're like oh i was just working and then you know oops but the mouse slid and, and i started listening so no that excuse is not going to work here you're going to delete it from everything and i know i may sound harsh but like i said we're going to tussle in this episode because i'm trying to help you get out on the better side i promise you it's amazing on the other side you are going to delete it from everything. I'm going to give you five seconds to just huff and puff and cry and roll your eyes and catch an attitude and think to yourself, I'm not going to delete. I'll give you five solid seconds to do that. Okay. And then once you're done, you're going to do it because you're going to do it because you know it's going to make your future better. Okay. So let's count five. Okay, I think that was five seconds. So did you delete it? No, you didn't. I bet you didn't. But it's okay because we got time. I got time today. This whole episode, we got time. You got lots of time to be deleting that playlist. Every single human being is always in denial. When I tell them, delete your playlist, the first response I always get, well, I don't find that necessary to quit music. Why don't you? That's the first question. That gateway, as long as you leave it open, you're going to keep going back. You have to close the gateway of sin. You have to close the gateway of temptation. You have to close the gateway of haram. This is very much the same as, so let's say I got a big old gunshot on me. Y'all gonna be like, Hera, stitch it up, stitch it up, go to the hospital, get help, go fix it. 
I'll be like, yeah, you know, no, like it's not gonna hurt me though no more, you know, like it's not gonna make me do anything bad no more, like it's not gonna affect my daily life, so I'm I'm just gonna leave it open, like I'm gonna continue living my life and it's not gonna hurt me. All y'all gonna be like, she's crazy because obviously it's gonna hurt me. If you don't fix something that's deep, it's just gonna get deeper and deeper and deeper. It's gonna keep hurting you and harming you and harming you. Now, this is the very much same concept. People always want to minimize it and say, oh my god, it's just music. It's not that big of a deal. She's making it seem bigger than it needs to be. No, I think you are undermining it. We have made music so common that we have made it seem like it's not haram. Like it's just, oh, you know, like we all kind of struggle with music, so it's okay. Like, you know, this is like a whole ummah thing. Like we all kind of struggle with music. So it's, you know, like it's it's a little bit less of the haram. What? What? Don't. It's haram. It's haram. Same way, even if the whole world's eating pork, that doesn't mean, you know, well, the whole world's eating pork and like, yeah, a lot of the people, the ummah also eat pork. And you know, like, it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, like, is God really going to punish us all for doing this? Really? Allah has said his commandments. Allah has said what is allowed and what's not allowed. Even if the whole world is doing it, that doesn't mean you can do it. This justification we use to minimize the effect of how haram something really is. We minimize mentally, we try to minimize the sin that we're getting, and that's not helping the situation. I don't care how many people do it. I don't care if everyone goes to the gym and listens to music. I don't care. That doesn't make it valid. The entire world may drink alcohol. Are you going to drink alcohol? No. You're going to say, I'm not going to do that. It affects my body. Music does the same thing. People like to say, well, does it really? Okay, let me ask you a question. Does having a certain amount of sin constantly 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 going to sin doing sin indulging in sin indulging in temptations and haram affect your body yes or no yes it does if you've lived a lifestyle where you were constantly caught up in sin or you have a sin right now that you're constantly caught up whether it's a haram relationship um you know haram income whatever it is there is something that happens to your body physically obviously spiritually emotionally and mentally it has its own separate toll but physically there is something that happens to you that you just can't explain it's this feeling of depression this heavy-heartedness this guilt this always i'm tired i don't feel like i want to do anything i don't feel good enough i feel unworthy there's always this sense of like just not satisfied. Now, on a mental and emotional level, you are battling so many different things, so much depression and so much, I feel sad, but I don't know why. I have everything, but I'm still sad. I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Allah has given me everything, but I'm still not happy. Likewise, let me just throw another example at y'all. Haram relationships. We all know what haram relationships does mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually. We all know that depth. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've seen people that went through it and how difficult it was for them. Haram relationships are haram. Yes or no? Yes. So it's a sin if you indulge in it. Yes or no? Yes. Music is haram. Yes or no? Yes. So it's a sin if you indulge in it. Yes. But now here's where people justify, well, music makes me feel good and I just, I have so much more energy for the day. And okay, then that's, again, people who smoke, who do weed, who do these things, they feel great too. They be feeling like they're on top of the world, feeling numb out of everything. But in the end, they're still paying consequences. In the end, they're still addicted. So it doesn't matter how great something makes you feel in the moment. At the end of the night, you are still suffering. And you know you're suffering. You want to act like you're not. Or part of you wants to say, yeah, you know, well, I'm really not. Like, I'm cool with listening to music. I could stay by it forever. You've become numb to the fact that you're committing a sin. I think if you listen to my episodes a lot, you know that I don't like to talk like this and I don't like to be vicious. I don't like to sit here and, you know, maybe hurt anyone's feelings and that's not my intention. But sometimes you have to be very, very clear and very unemotional to get straight to the point. You're indulging in something. It doesn't matter how great it feels in the beginning. It doesn't matter how immaculate it makes you feel. It doesn't matter what type of gym motivation it gives you. There's no butterka in that. What, are you, what, what, what is that for? What is that going to benefit you with? You can try to do whatever justification you want. But on the day of judgment, 
When you look at Allah and you have to explain to Allah why you did what you did, are your justifications going to flow? Yes or no? Answer that. No, they're not. You know that. And you also know that death does not discriminate on age. You also know that death doesn't wait for you. You can die right now. You can die three minutes from now. You can die three months from now. People don't like to say that. They like to say, yeah, you know, like that's kind of like the crazy case. But no, no. I've seen so many shades talk about how so many people they've buried were just under the age of 25. Like so many of y'all getting so comfortable thinking, yeah, you know, well, like when I'm 50, I'll worry. Death does not have an age. Death has no age. Stop thinking it does. I understand that it's a difficult thing to break out of, but already that should be your first sign that you're addicted. If you are sitting here gaslighting yourself saying, I'm not addicted, I can leave it, then leave it. Why are you fretting? Why are you so hesitant about deleting the playlist? Why are you going so crazy? Why? You are clearly addicted. The more you deny it, the more you don't like to admit it, you're addicted. Because if you weren't addicted, it would be easy. Just delete the playlist, move on with your life. You can't. You're addicted. And that's a harsh reality you need to hear because people will like to sugarcoat it, but we have to be logical and clear and honest. Put our emotions aside for a second. We have to be honest. You're addicted. The same way we have people that, you know, commit so much alcohol abuse that are addicted to drugs. Majority of those people don't like to admit it. Oh, you know, no, I just do it every Friday. I just hit it sometimes. Oh, yeah, you know, I just did it on Tuesday. I was having a rough day. You know, just Wednesday was just nodded. I was feeling sick, so I did it. Thursday, I was just feeling withdrawal, so I did it again. You know, Saturday, like, all oh, my homies were doing it, so I did it too. There's an excuse every single time. Now, me, when me and you see someone who's addicted to drugs, we can tell. We're like, you're addicted, bro. Like, you can't let it go. You're addicted. You can't stop buying it. You're literally going broke, but that's the only thing you're spending your money on. You're addicted. Me and you can see that from the outside. But now you who is struggling with addiction, you can't see that because you're not on the outside. And you need to come out of yourself and look at yourself from the outside. Self-awareness is key. You are very much addicted. And coming to terms with that makes it easier because you realize that I have an addiction and now it's time to break it. You can read every single self-help book, every single making better habits, every single, you know, changing your lifestyle book, listen to every single podcast on, you know, becoming the beast, quote, quote, in your life and changing your life. And if you don't have the discipline in your mind to actually let go of what you love to change your life for the better, you won't be able to change. It's that essential concept that your heart is locked away, your heart is blind to it. And if I, anyone, if not even me, the entire world brought to you proof for it, you would still say... Mm, you know, I'm just, um, you'd still feel that way because you've made up your mind. You've addicted, you're addicted. You made up your mind and now you're not wanting to go away from that. So you have to want to get away from that. That's the second thing. Deleting the playlist. Okay, cool. You've done that. What lots of people do is they delete the playlist and then they say, yeah, you know, I deleted it, but then I slipped up. I went on YouTube or I went there and I, I searched it up again. I just listened to it. You have to want it bad enough. I always say that people always say, yeah, I do want it bad enough, but I just slip up. No. Think about how you feel when you slip up. There's a sense of guilt that you feel. A sense of, okay, I just listened to three minutes. I had the best three minutes of my life. I just listened to music. I was turning up. And now I'm facing here with this guilt again that I am back at square one. That I once again gave into my temptations. That I once again feel unworthy or guilty or whatever. Right? Do you like those feelings? No. Now you can take those feelings and choose to go two routes. One, repent, start over, try again. That is the best route. And you will be rewarded for trying over and over again. Two, decide that, oh, well, you know, I'm, I've been doing music for the past 16 years and like I've been trying to quit it, but it's just not working. I just feel guilty. I'm just not good enough. So I'm just going to go back to my lifestyle. I'm just going to listen to music again. And then to some people, unfortunately, what happens is they've gotten so used to listening to music that it doesn't even feel into them anymore. Like they don't even feel guilty. They don't feel any sin. It doesn't, they don't feel anything. 
That's not good. A hard heart is not good. Lots of people say that the Quran and music can't live in the same heart. And I feel like that alone speaks volume. You have got to let it go. You have got to want it bad enough. So one, get rid of that playlist. Don't look back. Don't even think twice about it. There's nothing there for you. And when you come into terms that leaving that little gateway open for just in case is going to lead you back to sin is when you get wiser and realize that this is in your hands. Cutting music is in your hands. Make dua to Allah and make it easier for you. Allah does not change the condition of those who don't change the condition of themselves. You do what you got to do. So you make dua, you leave it up to Allah. And then you do your part. Your part is deleting the playlist. Your part, step two, is getting that discipline in your mind. Getting that route in your mind that, okay, I'm working out. Now I got to find something else to replace this. And that leads me to step three. Find your replacements. If you listen to music right when you wake up, listen, starting off your day with Quran is the best thing. I listen to Surah Rahman every morning and every night. Amazing. Does stuff for you. Do that. Start listening to it. You're going to say, well, Hira, you know, that just doesn't put me in the mood. Like, I can't turn up. Shut up. This is not like, this is the thing. You're fueling yourself with like a useless addiction. You're fueling yourself, fueling yourself. You're just putting things inside of you to feel like, oh yeah, I'm fueled up. I'm turned up for the day. I'm having a great vibe. She's going to be a great time to work hard. And at the end of the night, you're sitting there depressed and sad again and guilty again because you gave in. You need to care for your future self more. Honor your future self more. Think about what your future self is going to feel when you do this again. Your future self wants you to stop. So honor your future self. You deserve that. You deserve to at least honor your future self. Seriously, you do. So replacing it in your routine is the best thing. People always want to say, well, I listen to music when I work out. You have got to find something, anything to replace that. I'm telling you, get up on the nasheeds. People are like, well, you know, the nasheeds just don't hit different. Boy, <laughs> fine. There's some really good nasheed artists out there. Y'all just don't be looking. Go look at, go find some nasheed artists. Trust me, if you put that energy and find some good nasheed artists instead of sitting there, you know, listening to NBA Youngboy, mm, go, go find them nice nasheed artists. There's a bunch of them out there. Go, look, find, and, you know, build a nice playlist. In the beginning, it probably won't feel the same. I get it. But you're working out because you have that discipline for your body. You want something. Let that music just empty air out 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 you don't need it i know some people listen to podcasts when they work out if that's your cup of tea you can do it go for it i've noticed people who work out while listening to podcasts always end up on a better side because not only are you feeling your body you're working out you're feeling your brain you're getting some good content up in your brain you are just at your fullest in that moment truly developing and getting good stuff in your brain internalizing good stuff doing good stuff for your body. You just spent two hours at the gym, not only getting your body in check, but getting your mind in check. Now, I know that some people are like, I just can't listen to podcasts when I work out. That's fine. I get that. You need to find something, anything. And if you feel like, okay, I can just bear with silence, you're a beast. Go for it. I'm proud of you. That's crazy. But go ahead, do it. Some people find a workout buddy just to not be able to listen to music like they'll take one of their dudes to the gym with them and they'll work out together so that always helps too because then you have someone to talk to i know for me personally i don't work out like i don't i don't want to talk to you just don't talk to me right now so i just have my earbuds in that's what i like to do if you're that type of person as well then like find your cup of tea you have to find something to replace it music is a part of your schedule now you're taking a part of your schedule out and you have to fill it in with something else you have to fill it in with listening to useful stuff i promise you people always want to say it's so difficult it's so difficult it's this i have heard literal stories where people's gpas went skyrocketing after they stopped listening to music in my 11th grade school year i was really used to just studying in silence 
but I started listening to Surah Taha and I swear that Surah just, I don't even know what happened, but I listened to that Surah on loop. I had the worst test anxiety to the point that I used to like throw up. It was just atrocious. Like I ended up paralyzed because of how bad that was. It was nauseating. It was just bad, horrible. Like I, no words to explain how bad my test anxiety was. I messed up so many things in my life knowing exactly what it was, knowing exactly what was right just because of text, test anxiety. Listening to Surah Taha, I don't know what it did. It just blew my mind it changed my life and then this just listening to quran while you study while you have it you're getting free you know hasana just by listening to the quran paying attention to it but then just getting your life organized whatever you may be doing it's just it helps everybody want to talk about some passive income let's talk about some passive hasanat okay listen think about it you teach someone how to pray once once you teach them how to pray for the rest of your life dude every single time that person prays you get a reward Every single letter, every single rakah, every single prayer, for every single day, for every single month, for every single year, for every single week. You are getting a reward. The one who is rich is not the one that has lots of money. It's the one that has lots of good deeds, the one that is close to Allah. You teach someone, you know, something useful about the deen, or you alleviate someone's burden. And they refer back to your advice every time they're sad. Think about that reward. You are alleviating someone's burden. And do you know how important it is in Islam to help people? Every single time you decide to go for a drive and listen to music and you decide that I'm not going to do that anymore, your whole car ride, you are fighting against your nafs, no music, no music, no music, you're getting a reward. You work out at the gym, you're used to working out for two hours straight with music, you're forcing yourself, no music, you're just getting rewarded. The harder it is, so much more reward. And I want to put something in preface to you that completely changed my life. I want you to imagine you driving. You're driving, you got your radio blasting, you're thinking, okay, I'm just gonna go to the store. Casual day. You're going to the store just to pick up some, you know, something to eat, getting milk, whatever. You know, you're going to the gym, you're just driving in your car with your music playing. Now imagine if you get into the worst car accident of your life. You die, your car's done, everything's done, and your radio is still playing music. And because of that, maybe God knows best, what if you don't end up getting to say your shahada? That is something I read and I saw lots of people talk about and it ballistically blew my mind. Because imagine it, you're so infatuated and oh, music and this and that and you know, this rapper's bars slap and da da da, like you're so caught up in this, this and that. That imagine when you die, God forbid, but what if you don't even get to say your shahada? And as your family comes to take you out to get you for your funeral, you have your music still playing in the car and they're taking out your little dead body out of the car while that music's blasting. I get it. I, I know. I know probably people are like, Hera, that's too much. Like you're being too dark right now. You are pushing it. Think about it. Why, what makes you think that this is, this is not a possibility? Now think about it. if you are driving somewhere, you're playing the Quran, you get to your destination or whatever. Let's say something happens, you get in a car accident, you die, whatever. Your family comes to pick you up. That surah is still playing. They take your body out. Your last, the last things you heard in your ear was a surah, was the words of Allah. It was the Quran. You heard the Quran. That was the last things you heard. And if God willed, inshallah, you were also able to say your shahada. Was it not worth it? Of course it was worth it. You know it was worth it. Anyone who has a little bit of rational knows it's worth it. And that alone installed so much fear in me that I don't think you understand. This concept of what is going to be the last thing in your ears when you die that's crazy bro like you're sitting here just 
maybe with, you know, working out or something, something happens to you, whatever it may be, like wherever you are, like you're going out with your friends to just go study, do some homework, and you're thinking, okay, yeah, like we're just going to meet up at the library, do homework, you're blasting your music there. You think nothing's going to happen. You're so confident nothing's going to happen. I'm just casually going, dude, like genuinely imagine you just got up, you're driving to college on a normal day. You're sitting here, you're worried about, you know, this test that you have in this class and this that you have in this class, and you're just playing music to alleviate your burdens and something happens to you and you die. And the last thing that your ears were listening to is music. Tell me, is it truly worth it? It's not worth it. Which leads me to step four. Install that fear in yourself. Allah is always watching you. And just because Allah forgives you, like as if he saw nothing, that doesn't mean you get to continue to take advantage of Allah's mercy. Without a doubt, Allah forgives as if nothing ever happened. Allah is so merciful. But if you go into this with this mindset that I'm going to listen to this music and oh, you know, inshallah, Allah's, Allah's forgiving, he'll forgive me. Why are you doing that? Why are you taking advantage of your Lord? Why are you taking advantage of the one that made you? We are so easy and so casual with taking advantage of people. How can you take advantage of the one that made you? By far taking advantage of people already, that's not okay. But what gave you these guts inside of you to start taking advantage of the one that has made you? The one that can literally drop you dead right now in your sin. Think about that. When you're about to commit a sin and you have every single opportunity to do it, your lungs ask for permission from Allah to go and to continue going on. Has Allah ever said no? No, he's never said no. Your lungs also ask for permission every single time you make repentance after that sin. Has Allah ever said no to you? No, he has not. So why are you getting so comfortable taking advantage of it? It's like it, it's you have to put that in your brain and really understand. Allah has never said no for when your lungs seek permission for, for you to commit a sin. And you are so comfortable committing that sin, thinking, Allah's mercy is vast, Allah will forgive me, you know, Allah is Ar-Rahman, He'll forgive me. Your lungs seek permission every single time you decide you want to repent. Your lungs seek permission every single millisecond of the day. Has Allah ever said no to you? No. So what gave you such a comfortable idea that, oh, you know, Allah's Ar-Rahman, I'm just, He's the most merciful, and I'm just going to commit this sin, and then, you know, I'll just repent after. What is giving you so much confidence? What is giving you so much confidence that as insan, you are so, so deluded and full of yourself that you think that you can just take advantage of the one that's made you? Crazy. Don't do that. It's, mm, I don't even know. It's beyond me for real. When you start to develop all of these tips in your life and actually keep them with consistency and remember that every single time you break off from these tips, from these patterns, and from the discipline of your mind of you wanting to quit, again, you're going to have to do it again. Don't let this concept come into your mind that, oh, I've been doing it for so long, or, oh, you know, it's too hard to drop. I can't drop it. There's just no way. Me out of all people, like, no, like, I have, like, an addictive personality, and, like, there's just no way I can do it. Practically every person that I've ever talked to has said, like, I'm, like, super obsessed. They're super obsessed with music. There's no way they can drop them. You've made up your mind. You're sitting here saying, there's no way I could do it. You can do it, 100%. Allah never burdens his soul more than it can bear. So if Allah has told you to not do something, you have the capacity within you to not do it. This falls in line with the same thing. People say, well, I, I just don't have the time to pray five times a day. Did Allah make an exception for you? No. Everyone has to pray five times a day. So this mindset that, oh, you know, I just, I just, I at all people don't have time. I bet. I know that it's a very difficult 
you know, times, and I understand that we're all super busy and we're all working and we all have the tool of that. The only one thing in your life that is certain every single day is the fact that you have to pray. That's it. That's it. Your plans, you thinking you're going to go to work, you think you're going to hang out with your friends, whatever is not certain. You can plan, but nothing is certain. The only thing that is certain is you are going to pray five times a day today. And when you come to that realization, it makes stuff so much better. So many of you are neglecting, you know, your prayers or you're saying, well, I listen to music, so no point in praying Asr today, I'll skip it. What does that have to do with anything? Prayer is here to help you, you know, decrease and get rid of those sins and to help you gain more taqwa and to help you become among those that, you know, just steadfast and so many other things. You're asking Allah to guide you to the right path. People who use the excuse that I commit a sin, I can't pray today. No, no, it's an excuse and it's not a good excuse. Okay. And I know that I sound very harsh and very mean in this episode. And I don't want to, because if you listen to my other episodes, again, you know I'm not like this. But it's not a good excuse. It's not. And it's not a valid excuse either. Because when you look at the whole deeper meaning behind prayer, and how, you know, prayer is here to help you. We're asking Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha to guide us to the straight path, that we only rely on Him. We're doing this multiple, every single time of the day. No one is saying that you are going to ever be sinless. This delusion that shaitan puts in people's brains. Well, I committed a sin today, so there's just no way I could pray. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm going to come back tomorrow. You're crazy. What if you don't even wake up tomorrow? That's not possible. You can't do that. Prayer, every single time you pray, you do wudu. Your sins are literally washing away. Every single drop of water. Just everything. Your sins are being forgiven left and right. And you're sitting here saying, well, I committed a sin, so I can't pray. This prayer that you're neglecting is literally the home of how you can get your sins erased. You need to start doing more research on, you know, the behinds of this type of stuff instead of just listening to your own bias. So many of us have a bias. We have a bias on what we think the Quran is like. We have a bias on what we think Allah is like. We have a bias on what we think our culture like is like in regards to Islam. We all have different biases. And what Islam teaches us is that we cannot oppose and push, push, push our biases against Islam. Islam is not here to be changed for us. Islam is not here to be subjected for us. We are here to change and become among those that follow Islam correctly. Because if me and you were to start taking Islam and switching it up and, you know, giving a little bit of a remix for our own lives, Islam wouldn't be Islam. We've seen that happen to so many other religions and has it ended well? No. So you can't sit here and, you know, create your own perceptions and create your own biases. And we all have biases. We do. We do. Some people have, you know, some very scary biases that they got from childhood trauma or something about Islam or the Quran and whatnot. It is your job to break those biases. As scary as it may be, as hard as it may be, it is your job to learn Islam from Islam for what Islam says. Not from what other people have told you, not from what your culture has told you, not from the people who said that music is permissible have told you. And you have to be willing to go on that journey of breaking those biases that you have heard. It doesn't matter if the entire world does it. I don't care if the entire population listens to music. You are not going to listen to music. You are a Muslim. You're not going to listen to music. The entire population ain't Muslim either. You know, lots of people, they actually DM me. This is actually really interesting comment that i hear quite a lot people say to me well if islam is right why do so many people follow christianity this is actually a question that i had myself and to be frank to be quite honest with you if you want my honest opinion i think the majority i think christianity is really big in numbers but not a lot of people actually follow christianity lots of people are christian by title lots of people are christian by just jesus saves 
And there's only a handful of people that actually care about the Bible and actually care about those things. And the reality of the matter is, lots of people, if they push aside their bias and actually read the Bible for what the Bible is and actually do research, unbiased research, from their own Christian scholars, by the way, you'd come to a conclusion that there's quite a few things in Christianity that doesn't add up. The Trinity never made sense. It doesn't. And you know what? That's going to trigger some people. I don't care. It doesn't make sense. People just want to be like, oh, you know, you don't understand it correctly. No, that's definitely not the case. Unfortunately, lots of Christians don't understand their own Trinity. Lots of your own pastors don't understand the Trinity. So it's like, before you come out here trying to jump other people for the way that they are not able to comprehend your own religion, make sure you're able to comprehend your own. And that goes for Muslims as well. Before you sit here going, you know, in other people, calling them kafir, calling them this, calling them that, calling them like, you know, extremists and this and, you know, people that are going to go to Jahannam. And who are you? Who are you? I think me and you both know that we, us as individuals, we have too many sins to be worrying about other people. Now, when we see someone doing wrong, we guide them, we advise them correctly, the Islamic way. We don't sit here and go like, oh, you're a kafir. Oh my God, you're going to hell. Hell bound. Deepest, deepest layers of hell. Who are you? You know, you see people's sins, you don't see their repentance. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't correct people. You should know how to kindly correct people when you see them doing something wrong. You know, you should learn how to kindly give advice to people when you see them doing something wrong. Now, it's another thing that people nowadays don't want to take advice. They don't. You say, may Allah guide you, people get offended. It's nothing to be offended about. When people say, may Allah guide me, like, may Allah guide you to me, I'm like, okay, alhamdulillah, inshallah, I mean, like, yeah, let's go for it. Because I, I can use guidance. No matter how guided and straight you think you are, you can always go for more guidance. It's not an insult. And so it's, that's why it's like we are struggling to even learn how to give proper Islamic advice, which is why I encourage people to actually learn how to do it. And then people are struggling to take advice. And sometimes I've seen people actually give very good, solid Islamic advice with proof, with kindness, following the sunnah, just amazing. And people being very, very rude towards it, very ignorant, rejecting it. You've done your job. You've done your job. Because our job is to remind. We are told to remind. But we should remind in a kind way. We should remind in a good way. You know? And with the discussion of music, you tell someone, hey man, like don't put music on like your stories, like little Instagram story, 24 hours, it's not worth it. Like why should all those people hear it and then like you get a sin, like it's not worth it. Oh, get out of my business. You don't like what I do. Don't view my stuff. Shut, shut, shut up. No, no one's like, we're here kindly advising you. Do you think that people that advise you genuinely get something out of it? People who have good, pure intentions while advising someone, majority of the time they're doing it for Allah. So think about that. People want to bash you, people want to jump, people want to say, I don't want to stop listening to music. Or, you know what, like, don't tell me to not listen to music. This is your choice. You are making this choice. And more ultimately, I want to close off on two notes. One, we all have things that we struggle with. All of us. Whether it's anger, being impatient, you know, addictions, whatever. We all have things that we struggle with. And those things that we're fighting against our nafs for, we're trying our best to change our lives for, they're difficult. The last thing you want on yourself, on your scale... Is a bunch of, you know, no, I hate to say this, but a bunch of bad deeds falling on just because you listen to music. It's not worth it. It's like an extra pile. It's just an extra pile for nothing, you know? And like the stuff that you are actually actively struggling with, that you're trying your best, that you're repenting for, that you're doing all this for, like you're striving in your, in your path for so many things. Why should music even deserve to put you in an uncertain position? Why? Why should it? It, it doesn't, no, it doesn't deserve it. This dunya doesn't, no.
This dunya is not worth it. It doesn't deserve it. Why are, why are you doing that? Like, I just... Rationally. This is... Cutting music is more about being rational than being about emotional. It's more about being upfront. Do I really want to have to deal with the burden of stuff just because I decided to listen to music? Because three seconds of music ain't even worth... 0.5 seconds in your hell ain't even worth the thought of it. So, like, ask yourself, is is it worth it? Because that same song that you're like, oh, I'm so addicted to, after hearing it like a solid 18 or maybe 82 times, now you're bored of it. It's not worth it. And now if you do listen to music, you are struggling. Don't ever give up on quitting. Don't ever think that I've been here too long. I've done it for too long. I've been, you know, I can't, like, stop. You're putting these thoughts in you. And as long as you keep trying and trying and trying, you'll be fine. Don't give up. This within itself sometimes is a jihad against your own soul of giving up what you find desirable and replacing with what Allah has said is correct. Allah would never tell you to do something that's not good for you. So, yes, you're going to slip up. You might have hard times. You might go back. You might feel hopeless. That doesn't mean you give up as a whole. That doesn't mean you say, well, you know what? I've been doing it for too long. It's It's been a minute. I can't stop. You know, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to do anything. I just can't give up music. I'm not worthy. This is not right. You don't get to sit here and just push your own self down because you're struggling. You have to keep going. You have to keep trying because Allah does not change the condition of anyone until they change the condition of themselves. Okay? Inshallah, here this episode was beneficial. Again, I want to apologize. Sorry for being so mean. You know, there's some things that we have to put our emotions aside that we can't sugarcoat and we have to be honest about. And it's no doubt that the ummah has fallen in music severely. So may Allah protect us all because we can all fall in it. Allah knows best. May Allah protect us. Ameen. So build better habits, find stuff to replace. And remember that Allah has never said no to you, regardless of what you're doing. I think you owe Allah a little bit more than that, right? So inshallah, that helps. Definitely give me feedback. I love a good feedback. Take care of yourself. Assalamualaikum.